The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. Today we're going back in time to learn what early humans were really like. According to the theory of evolution, early humans were primitive and unintelligent, but were they? I don't think so. Our guest today, Bruce Malone, author of Brilliant, Made in the Image of God, is going to help us answer these questions. We will also take a look at the atlatl, a weapon dating back to the Ice Age. I think this evidence will fit perfectly into scientific and historical apologetics, two of our categories as we give you the full Battleship Apologetics. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith, arm your children, and raise up a family who knows the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you Battleship Apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy, Battleship Apologetics. From TVs and tablets around the world, thank you for joining us as we explore the truth about God's Word and God's amazing world. According to evolutionary thinking, we are supposed to be getting smarter and fitter. Yeah, but if we evolved from an animal, our ancestors would have been ignorant and animal-like in the very beginning. Marianne, I actually did a Google search on what did the first humans look like. 99% of the pictures I, uh, that came up were something that looked just like this. Ape-like creatures. Very few were an artist's rendition of Adam and Eve. So could the experts be right? You think they really were ape-like creatures millions of years ago? Is that our ancestors? But scripture says man was made in God's image, walked and talked with God, and was intelligent, and was made very good 6,000 years ago. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I think Adam was super smart. I mean, think about it. He was able to walk, talk, name all the animals, and get married in just one day. <laughs> he had to be brilliant. Hey, he spoke every language in the world. Wow. He was pretty smart. <laughs> That's right. In Genesis 4.22, we read that Tubal Cain, who lived before the flood, crafted brass and iron. According to scripture, mankind would have burst onto the scene brilliant and innovative. But what we read in textbooks and see on TV makes it seem like the evolutionists have proof that we were numbskulls in the beginning. Sorry, apes, no offense. <laughs> Evolutionary scientists actually have a complex history of four different types of hominids splitting away from the primate lineage about five million years ago. Then one and a half million years ago, they began to use tools. 100,000 years ago, their brains were now large human-sized brains, meaning that they were more intelligent than the apes and the chimps. And 50,000 years ago, they started to act more human-like, making cave paintings and burying their dead. Last year, there was a documentary produced called The Evolution of Humans. Honestly, they really do believe what they're saying here about evolution of mankind. Check this out. The focus of anatomist Bruce Latimer's work is the evolution of the human body. He believes we were shaped in large part as a result of a single behavioral change in our ancestors. They stood up. 
Latimer believes that pre-humans stood in order to free their hands so they could carry food and make it easier to nurture their young. He believes that free hands led to the development of tools, which led to cooked foods, which led to better nutrients in a larger brain. This would enable us to spread across the world. One significant fossil they used to make these claims is known as Lucy, or Australopithecus afarensis, which is dated at three to four million years ago. What made this creature special was the evidence that it could walk on two legs. Yeah. It must have been pre-human if it could walk on two legs. It had to be. What other evidence do they need? You know, the only evidence to support this claim was the, the femur had an angled femur, which shows a wide hip and narrow knees, which is indicative of humans. Humans have that so that we can balance as we walk on two legs. But as they studied further, Lucy turned out more ape than human. The arms were built for climbing and knuckle walking. Yeah. Its two legs strut more like a waddle. <laughs> its brain and body structure was more like an ape. Lucy was an extinct ape. Yet Lucy has been paraded in the media as the transitional form, the proof for evolution ever since it was discovered in the late 70s by Don Johansson. However, as continued research puts a wider gap between Lucy and humans, the media seems really slow to follow and talk about that. That's the way it is. That's it the way is. it always goes. You'll always hear about the latest discovery that proves evolution, but you never hear about the continued research that proves earlier claims were wrong. This happened with Archaeopteryx, too, yeah. the supposed transitional form between dinosaurs and birds. It was disproven, but you will never be here, never hear about it. No, you don't. Same thing happened with Artie a few years ago. It came out as this big splash, and then when it was disproven, they didn't talk much about it. You know, mm -hmm. the supposed transition between apes and humans, like Artie and things like that, we just don't find them. The more recent early hominids that they talk about was Neanderthal man. With the evolutionary dates, they say he was living throughout Europe between 20,000 and 250,000 years ago. That's a long time to live in one region. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but I think they stayed there because, well, they were your, you know, stereotypical ape-like people with protruding jaws, living mm -hmm. like, you know, cave-dwelling, you know, weapon-bearing animals in caves, and all they could do is grunt their whole life, you know, it's my kind of man. Uh, <laughs> but they really weren't that way. When they study Neanderthal, they've actually discovered some amazing things about them. Turns out they're way more human-like than we ever dreamed. They don't even look like apes. They took care of their sick, they buried their dead. They made jewelry and advanced tools and weapons. They cooked vegetables, not just meat. They had language. They were as human as human could be living during the Ice Age, struggling to survive in the cold, frozen landscape. According to the biblical timeline, the Ice Age followed the global flood and covered most of the northern latitudes with snow and ice. The Neanderthal people lived in this barren region not 250,000 years ago, but within 4,000 years ago. And they managed to survive quite well. Um, in fact, caves uh, would have been a great ideal place for them to live during the Ice Age with a constant moderate temperature year-round providing great protection from the elements. That's true. It would make sense. They did look a little bit different, though, from the today's average, if there is such a thing as an average. They had larger heads, and their bodies were slightly shorter and stockier. But who are we to judge? Yeah, we have, if you look at the diversity of body structures we humans possess, 
Okay, here's a photo of a Peruvian, a Bengali, a man from the Solomon Islands, a German, a Congolese, an Inuit, and here's a Neanderthal. <laughs> they are very different. Okay, Neanderthal had larger brains than the average human today. Now, earlier we saw how, according to evolution, a larger brain is evidence of more human intelligence. But according to evolution, now because Neanderthals are supposed to be earlier humans, they had to be dumber. The BBC News reported on an Oxford University study that proposed how Neanderthals were less smart. Here's why. Because they had larger eye sockets. They concluded Neanderthals' brain would have been more focused on visual learning and less on thoughtfulness and cognition. Incredible. Talk about making the evidence fit your worldview, seriously. We're all looking at the same evidence, and the evidence suggests that they were fully human. But that doesn't fit the evolutionary theory. No. Evolutionists have to force the evidence into their evolutionary worldview. All right, now here's an illustration. Go ahead and put that up uh, that we found of the Neanderthal's brain and the modern human man to show their their, their brains and how they how they were. But uh, but hang on just a second. I was looking at this earlier. I don't know if you'll agree with me, Marianne. But look at those faces. Okay, put up a picture of okay. Van Diesel next to Neanderthal. That's him. Wow. <laughs> that's where they got the. That's where they got his face oh, from. Okay, now uh, modern man, throw up Hugh Grant right there. See? Wow, modern you man. are right. You I'm are telling right. you, that was modern. So that's really where they got that. These are normal, ordinary people. They could have been Hollywood actors. Yeah. Or or famous painters like Van Gogh and Michelangelo. How's that? Have you seen what they've drawn on cave walls? Uh, the cave drawings, yes, These they're incredible. These intricate, multi-dimensional drawings of animals. Yeah, they're absolutely incredible. Well, up next, Marianne gets to interview Bruce Malone, author of Brilliant, Made in the Image of God, in the book and in the interview, he talks about the evidence behind Neanderthal showing they weren't dumb, they were incredible. Yes, yes. We'll discover some more evidence that shows that mankind came on the scene very quickly, yeah. super intelligent, and not ape-like. At all. At all. All over the world, there are similar findings of ancient religions, cities and towers, advanced astronomy, and civilized government. Over the course of two years, a team of researchers from Jackson Hole Bible College have worked to bring together the different pieces of the convoluted mystery in history of ancient man, with an overwhelming amount of evidence for the intelligence of these early innovators. To order this book, The Genius of Ancient Man, visit us at www.creationstore.org. Beginnings is a creation experience for small groups, churches, and individuals from all walks of life. Creation speaker Eric Hoven explores the age-old questions of life, the evidence for a young earth, and how dinosaurs fit in with the Bible. The included guide provides an introduction to each lesson, creative challenges, great discussion questions, and practical ways to apply each lesson to everyday life. To order this DVD, go to www.creationstore.org. Do you find yourself jumping from site to site or wading through thousands of search results to find answers about God's Word and His creation? Well, no more. SearchCreation.org brings the top creation and apologetic websites together into one search engine while ignoring the thousands of sites that push lies and half-truths. So if you have questions about molecular chemistry, deep space, dinosaurs, or how to defend your faith in a godless world, visit us at SearchCreation.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. I'm 
Bruce Malone, mm. and he is the author of Brilliant, Made in the Image of God, and he is going to talk about the intelligence of ancient man. So, Bruce, okay. uh, we are taught that man's ancient ancestors were less advanced. So, what do ancient cultures teach us about man's intelligence? Well, nobody has a time machine. So, in order to figure out what happened in the past, you've got to look, look at the data, but ultimately, there is no such thing as prehistoric or prehistory because God clearly told us what is the history of this planet. Now, your, your question was, what can we learn about uh, the intelligence of ancient man? That, let's just back up to get the bigger picture. There, there are only two possibilities for our existence. Either something turned into us or people were literally created as people. If something turned into us, it must have been less intelligent. So the whole education system, the archaeological system, the study of the past, historians, they view things through this filter, something turned into us, they must have been less intelligent. So when they look at ancient artifacts, they kind of assume they're the product of less intelligent people. That's one viewpoint. The biblical viewpoint is we were made in the image of God. One of those ways was our creativity and our intelligence, and you see it everywhere. But the question is, is that just a recent development or have we always been that way? As I researched this book, Brilliant, Made in the Image of God, what I discovered was all of these ancient civilizations from the Chinese who were developing the Great Wall way back 3,500 years ago to the Egyptians who produced pyramids of unbelievable precision where these enormous you know, limestone blocks were cut to plus or minus one sixteenth of an inch. And they stacked millions of them in a matter of decades to create the pyramids, aligned them within a fraction of a percent of one degree of the magnetic field of the Earth, located them precisely one-third of the way from the equator to the um, North Pole, uh, a very precise position that shows they knew the size of the Earth and they knew the, um, the location on the Earth shows that they were intelligent, they were smart, they were innovative, and they understood mathematics building language right from the very start of their civilization. Now that contradicts the idea we came from some less intelligent creature, but it supports the biblical idea that we were made in the image of God, and that's just one example. So. Could you explain to us like the connection of these ancient cultures to scripture, the scriptural account? Sure. And, and, and once again, we, we have to interpret this stuff. I, I mean, we're not, we don't live in the past, but they did live in the past. But you would think, biblically, there, there were major events upon the earth the Bible talks about. Those ought to show up in these cultures. These cultures developed at a certain time in earth history. Now, now here's the scriptural view of history. If you just assume the Bible means what it says, there was the literal creation of different forms of life. It's, it, in the old King James, it says birds reproduce after their own kind. That's just another way of saying birds only make birds. And then it says trees only make trees. Fish only make fish. Cattle only make cattle. God couldn't have been more clear. That's an event. That is biology. And if we deny that, we misinterpret it. Then it says in Genesis chapter 3, death is here because we rebelled against God. God brought death into all of creation. Not because it's always been that way. There's no room for millions and billions of years in case. Then it talks about a worldwide flood. Now you would think this knowledge of creation, this knowledge of why death exists because of our eating of a forbidden fruit in, in a perfect creation, that was our act of rebellion, of this worldwide flood would show up in ancient cultures. Well, what I point out is there are multiple examples of exactly that through these ancient cultures. It's not 
just God's word. It's, it's all these cultures that point to the reality of these events. For instance, uh, they found an ancient bronze sculpture in China. Uh, it's 12 foot tall, cast in bronze. Even the secular scientists who don't believe in biblical events, they place it in the 3,500 to 4,000 year ago range, which means it was produced after the flood. So these people knew about the flood. They descended from Noah. They would have had knowledge of things that happened before the flood from Noah. Noah would have told them about the Garden of Eden. He would have told them about the entrance of sin. Well, this tree, the leaves are shaped like knives, and there's a fruit nestled amongst the knives. I don't know what that could be, but symbolic of a forbidden fruit. Then there's a human hand reaching into that tree. Now, is this starting to sound familiar? <laughs> now, this isn't the Bible. This is an ancient culture totally independent of the Bible. And at the base of this tree, there's a snake-like creature that bodies, coils around the tree, and it's facing out away from the tree with these, these evil barred teeth. It's, it's a snake guarding the tree. So you've got a snake in a tree with forbidden fruit and a human hand reaching toward the fruit. They wanted their descendants to understand why does death exist? What did we do to bring death into this creation? And they memorialized it in this enormous culture. If you forget nothing else, understand why death exists. And there it is. Why isn't this in our textbooks? It, it, because it's, it's, it's a, it supports God's word, so it's left out. Second example, and once again, this is, there's many, many others, but also from China. Their language is incredibly complex. Languages in general, as you look throughout history, started out very complex with lots of symbols, lots of letters, lots of grammatical rules, and they simplify over time. Uh, you would think the opposite would be true if we started out as some ape who was grunting and groaning and making some sort of symbolic meaning out of it all. But they don't. They start out complex. There were 80,000 symbols in the original Chinese language, and they've been since simplified. But these symbols had meanings. And the symbol they have for garden is the symbol for dust, breath, people, and enclosure. So dust being given breath turned it into people inside of an enclosure. That's their symbol for garden. Where does that concept come from? I couldn't make this stuff up. But it's historical, accurate truth. Because it's a real event. It really happened. So they captured it in their very language. Their symbol for a boat is the symbol for a vessel, which could mean a vase or a box or, or whatever, with eight people. So the number eight people in a vessel is their symbol for a boat. Now, where in all of human history do we find eight people on a boat? Noah, his wife, three sons, three daughter-in-laws, eight people on a boat. It's a historical fact that happened, and it's captured in their very language. So I think what this does, it perks the interest of the non-Christian culture. It confirms the faith of the Christian culture and gives us a tool to reach out to others with what is the reality of the past. And what they're hearing is totally wrong. And what God's word said is totally right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Can Christians believe the Bible from the very first word? This new study, The Six Days of Genesis, by creation speaker Paul Taylor, will help Christians understand exactly what happened during the creation week and why it is foundationally important to believe it. You will enjoy every minute of Paul's unique presentation style, combining scientific facts, solid biblical teaching, 
and a little British humor. For more information, visit us at www.creationtoday.org. It's time for Science and Scripture with Eric and Ben, here on Creation Today. It's time to blow something up. This is the Creation Today show, Science Experiment. Eric, what do you have to say? Well, I feel like my voice is getting sucked right away from me as we speak. Ha, ha, ha. Actually, this hey, doesn't work. Hey, if you go to what Walmart and ask them for a body bag, this is, this is all they got. Trash bags, okay? So, uh, oh, you got to bring me bag. a body bag I'm going to put you inside of here. Okay. We've done experiments similar to this. Go ahead and stand up right there. All right. Keep your feet close together. Okay. Yep. And uh, we're going to pull this up around you. We've done experiments similar oh, to this. To yep, you're going to have that. Yep, okay. just like we practiced, just like we practiced. <laughs> All right, you're going to, um, we've forgetting. done experiments similar to this. Uh, you remember when we did the, um, the bottle and we took all the air out of the bottle and we watched the oh, air yeah, pressure outside air crush pressure the in, bottle? Yeah. You remember that mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Okay, we're going to do one just like that. Wait, am I going to get crushed? You are going to get crushed in here. Now, here's the good news. You're made up of mostly water. So only when you breathe is there air in your lungs. And my muscles are so, made of <laughs> steel, right? <laughs> the man of steel. Water too, right? So I'm going to seal right. this off right okay. here around your neck. We don't want to go above your head. By the way, this is not an experiment you should try at home, except for with the cat. Maybe the cat. All right. Other than that, no, you don't like cats either, do you? Aren't they of the devil? I think they are. All, all right. right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all the air don't out of this try bag. This with a cat. Okay, don't try with the cat either. But we're going to take all the air out. You remember how much air pressure is pushing in on you when we take all the air out? How much air pressure 14. at sea level? 14.7. 14.7 pounds per square inch is going to be pushing on you. And we're going to see how much movement you have once we take all the air out. Check okay, this out. So I've got plenty of right yep. Okay. Oh, yeah, keep your hand under that. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right, get all that air out. Nice. All right, can you can you walk at all? Can you walk? Barely. <laughs> can you what move I your hands? What I can't move is my arms. I'm you like, can't? I can like really? A little bit. That's about it. So uh, if I offered you a dollar right now and said, "Hey, grab that with your hand," can you get it? <laughs> no, not the. Seriously, cut, grab that. You can't do it. No. Wow, that's incredible. If, yeah. In fact, the more like I pull against it, the less I can. That's that is, because that is amazing, and that's all the air pressure. That's just all pushing. the air pushing down wow. and keeping you trapped in there. So that just that does a great job of demonstrating how much air pressure there really is pushing in all around you. That's so really cool. That's really pretty cool. The Bible says, "Stand fast in the liberty where mm. Christ has made us free, and don't be entangled in the yoke of bondage." You know, I think a lot of people when they allow sin into their life, they're entangled, but also when we remove grace. Mm. God has given us grace so that we can freely worship Him, and yet I think some people suck grace out or suck the truth out. We need to be standing fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free wow. so we can reach out for the good things that He offers us. There's no doubt that bondage that you experienced is powerful. I could, I could move even as far as I could. Don't try this with the cat. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations, all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads. Available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org.
You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Scientists have often portrayed our ancestors as less intelligent hunter-gatherers. But does simpler nomadic living prove they were less evolved? Here in Fort Rock, Oregon, many artifacts of these so-called primitive people have been found. Several were found in Cow Cave under five feet of ash from the eruption that created Crater Lake 80 miles away. On a guided tour, I was shown several replicas of such artifacts, including arrowheads, knives, and even the famous sagebrush sandals, of which over 75 were found in this cave alone. But the artifact that really caught my attention was the atlatl. It is one of the most widespread ancient hunting weapons used by man and is still in use by indigenous people across the globe. The atlatl is a sophisticated weapon. Its construction requires the consideration of many factors to work optimally. The atlatl is the thrusting device. It has a hand grip and a notch at the end to hold and align the dart. Weights are added to the atlatl for better control and accuracy. The dart is long and flexible, allowing it to act like a loaded spring when thrust by the atlatl. At the end of the dart is the projectile point. The precise weight of the point is critical. It determines the dart's efficiency to flex and store spring energy. This weapon could send a dart hurling 100 miles per hour and hit its target well over 100 yards away. A little investigation reveals that people living more simple lives are not less evolved. Regardless of lifestyle, mankind is mankind, made in the image of God from day six. As we've looked at this scientific and historical apologetic for the uniqueness of mankind, what can we conclude? Were we dumb chimps on the path trying to be more like humans? Or were we incredibly smart and capable even when forced to live in harsh environments? The latter, of course. I agree. Let's review. Neanderthals appear to be uniquely featured people with an average tribal mentality. Yeah, early civilizations from China to Egypt reveal advanced technologies. They had a desire and the ability to tackle huge building projects too. Then we have artifacts like the Chinese tree sculpture, which reveals early knowledge of the message given to man about the creation of the world and events like the Garden of Eden and even the global flood. Yeah, but like we've said before, the evidence doesn't stop here. I want you to research more of it at creationtoday.org and I also want to mention a book that a friend of mine, Don Landis from Jackson Hole Bible College, he and his team there actually put this book together, The Genius of Ancient Man. And it is a fantastic resource uh, to get more information if you want to see how smart man was. We still cannot do mm -hmm. some of the things that ancient man did yeah. today. We don't have that kind of technology. It's an incredible book. Share this episode and more of your own findings on Facebook and Twitter. You can hashtag ancient man. You can hashtag creation today. That's another good one. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here in the Creation Today studio. We hope you'll continue to learn more about these and other incredible subjects that bring glory to God. And if you have questions, please send your questions to questions at creationtoday.org. For Battleship Apologetics, we'll see you next time.
Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today.